Okay, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the July 7th Board of Zoning Appeals meeting. My name is Luke Mortensen, and I'll be facilitating the Zoom video portion of tonight's meeting. With me is Catherine Week, Planner and Staff Liaison to the Board of Zoning Appeals. We will work alongside the chair and the board to facilitate the meeting's proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself when not actively speaking. Please keep your video on for the duration of the meeting. If you are participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. Um, there will be no screen sharing as part of the meeting tonight. All attachments, reference materials, and submissions from the public are included in the agenda packet. In order to comply with the Kansas Open Meetings Act, board members must state their name and each and title each time they speak. Members of city staff must also state their name and title each time they speak. Applicants and members of the public should identify themselves each time they speak. The chair will call for in-person and virtual public comment for those who wish to speak. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. Um, with that, I will turn the meeting um, back over to Catherine. Good evening, board members, Catherine Week, staff liaison. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce, we have a new board member um, I'm going to introduce her and then I will take role to make sure that we have quorum tonight. So Tressa Hill is joining us this evening. She, this will be her first meeting um, as a Board of Zoning Appeals member. Um, so welcome aboard, Tressa. Uh, thank you for volunteering your time to serve on the Board of Zoning Appeals. And then I can go ahead and jump into roll call to make sure that we have quorum. Um, and I'll, I'll start that now. Uh, Clark Hill. Here. Gardner. Here. Herod. Here. Rankin. Here. Shalinsky. Here. Weisner. Okay, we do have quorum. And okay, I think someone else is joining us too. Clark, I'll go ahead and call your name again since it looks like you are now here. Present. Excellent. So we do have quorum. So um, before we get started tonight, I have a little bit of information about how um, this particular meeting will run. The first item of note is that we will have to do a nomination and vote for a chair pro tem to run this evening's meeting. Um, our previous chair, is no longer on the board and um, our vice chair is absent tonight. So um, this would be a nomination to run just tonight's meeting for chair. The regular regular elections are scheduled for October. So this would just be a chair pro tem for this evening. So we would need to accept nominations for the chair this evening and then hold a vote. And if anybody would like to volunteer, please step up now. <laughs> I'll volunteer if the board will have me. This is uh, board member Herod. This is board member Clark. I'll, I'll make the nomination. And Gardner second. All right, so I'm gonna call roll for that vote. We have a nomination and a second for Herod as pro tem uh, chair. Clark. Aye. Hill. Aye. Gardner. Aye. Herod. Aye. Rankin. Aye. 
and Shalinsky. Aye. All right, and the motion carries. All right, so a little bit more um, information before we get into the communications section of the meeting. So tonight's meeting, um, as you may have noticed in the packet, the first four items on tonight's agenda are actually items that have come before the board before. Um, and so if uh, you notice the memo that was in each uh, items file, staff was made aware that notification or the mail notification for those items did not go out. So that requires that the hearing has to be reheld before the Board of Zoning Appeals. Uh, one item of note or several items of note, members that were not present at the previous hearing for those items do have the choice to abstain from those items if they so, so wish to do so. And that would be done during the abstentions portion of the meeting. Um, and I can give a reminder for those members that were not present uh, for the particular items that would be relevant for three of our board members. One would be board member Hill, who is a new member. She was not here doing those hearings. Um, so all four items uh, would be at her option if she wishes to abstain. And then uh, board member Rankin was not present for items one and two on the agenda. So um, that would be the option if you wish to abstain from items one and two. And then board member Clark was not present for items number three and four on the agenda. So if you wish to abstain from those, those would be your options. And you would just let the chair know during the abstention period uh, of the agenda if you wish to abstain. Uh, a couple other things about those four items. Since uh, this is a little bit of a different process, I will introduce each of those items individually uh, when the item comes before you. And I will refresh the board's memory about the outcome from the previous hearing. And if that board, if the board members need a reminder as to how they voted at that hearing, I can definitely let you know on that's public record how you voted on that item if you don't remember. If someone is present to discuss that item, staff will give the presentation. Um, if no one is present to discuss the item, it would be up to the board to decide whether or not you wish to vote based on the previous information that was discussed at the previous hearing, or if you wish staff to present the item again. And that would be a board decision. You could take a vote on whether or not you wish to have the item presented. That would only be in the instance if no one is here um, to speak on that item. The whole reason why we are having the hearing again is so that people who did not get the notification have the opportunity to respond to the item and the staff report if they so choose. So that would be your option uh, for those items. That is all that I have. If I mean, if you have a question, I can answer it. But other than that, we could proceed into item B uh, of the communications portion uh, of the agenda. And I would throw it back to our chair pro temp for the evening. This is Chairperson Herod. Thank you, Catherine. So we're looking at uh, item B on the agenda that I think everybody's got. And I'd ask if anybody wants to acknowledge any communications, um, disclose any ex parte communications. Uh, why don't we do that first? Does anybody have anything they need to let us know? So staff doesn't have any additional communications. All the communications that we received did get added to your packet for those individual items. So. Okay. And are there any ex parte communications any board member needs to let us know about? 
All right. And are there any agenda items that we have right now that are going to be deferred? So be, before we do the agenda items, the abstentions piece would be part of item B in the B section. So if there are any board members that wish to abstain from certain items, this would be when uh, we would recognize that. Uh, I, this is board member Tressa Hill, and I'd like to abstain from the first four items. Okay, this is Chairperson Herod. Thank you, Tressa. And does anybody else? This is board member Rankin. I'd like to um, abstain from the first two items. Okay. And board member Clark, if possible, I'd like to abstain from three and four. Three and four. Okay. So, so. Hill for one, two, three, and four. As I'm looking, uh, see under public hearing, this is Chairperson Herod. And then Rankin. Rankin is one and two. Is that right, Catherine? That's correct. Yes. Okay. And then Board Member Clark would abstain for items three and four. Is that right? That's correct. And just so you know, um, they will be leaving the Zoom room and going to a waiting room and then they would be readmitted after their item is is over so they're not present in the meeting and i would further add to that is for those board members that would step out and <laughs> board member hill i'm speaking really specifically to you since you no sooner no sooner showed up than you know they're showing you the door but um you can you can watch what's going on on this on the YouTube's channel. Is that correct, staff? That is correct. Yes. So you can follow along and know where we are and know what's going on and still get the benefit of this meeting and just kind of get the you know the ebb and flow of it and whatnot. And then when we get to item number five, uh, which is a new item for us, then you'll be totally ready to come back in. So, uh, Board Member Hill, do you know how to get to the city's YouTube channel so you can watch this? You're on mute. I think it was part of the agenda, wasn't it? That YouTube piece. So I, I think I can be, get there. There should be a hot link there. You should be able to click on that, and that should take you right there. Is that right, staff? Do you know if that's accurate? I believe that's accurate. Yeah, I'm but, double checking. Yeah. Got it. Yes, there's a live video stream link. Thank you, uh, board member Herod. And it's also channel 25 if you have mid -pill. Yeah, if you want to sit in your lazy boy <laughs> and watch it on, on Midco, you can do it that way as well, which wouldn't be a bad idea. Okay, so with that said, all right, we have our abstentions in hand. Yes. Are we all good? Yes, there are no items that are deferred this evening. I don't know if I answered that or not. Staff is on Catherine Week. And I think okay. Luke is in the process of re, um, relocating a couple of our members to the waiting room. So, okay. All right. So, if there are, is nothing else to take care of under the communications portion of our agenda, then this is Chairperson okay. Herod. I would be ready to move on to the public hearing portion of our evening. Are we ready for that? I believe so, yes. 
All right. Okay. Staff liaison, Catherine Week. So um, I'm going to introduce the first item and then I'll throw it back to the chair. Um, but again, this item was heard um, at the November um, 4th uh, BZA meeting. Um, the vote at that time was four to zero to approve uh, the item, the request, which was a reduction from a front setback of 20 feet down to 16 feet, four inches. And if anyone, well, you shouldn't need a reminder of your vote because all four of them were yeses. So um, uh, that's where we are on this one. And I can throw it back to the, uh, well, actually, I will just continue because it's my item and I'll, I'll go ahead and present that to you now. Why don't you hold up for a second, Catherine? Okay. This is Chairperson sure. Herod. And just so that everybody doesn't spend their days dealing with legal minutia and whatever, just for situational awareness, you know, I think that you can divine from, you know, the advice of staff in our packet tonight that apparently what happened on four of these items that we looked at previously, apparently mail didn't get sent out. And would that be to the people in the 400 foot protest zone? Or is that what we're talking about, Catherine? Yes, we're talking about the 400 foot. No, it's basically a notification zone. Um, right. And so they didn't get the mailed notice. It did go in the paper, but it right. did not go out in the mail. Yes. So this is chairperson here. So what we have is... So land development code says we got to send out letters to everybody within 400 feet of these, um, of these items. Those letters didn't go out, you know, but otherwise we had a hearing that was duly held, duly noticed otherwise. We had quorum, you know, all other procedure. I think all other procedural um, items were attended to and a decision was rendered and now staff, and then I believe that after staff discovered that the mail didn't go out, then staff sent mail to the persons within the 400-foot zone. Is that right, Catherine? That's correct. We notified right. the applicant and those in the 400-foot zone, and mail notice did go out. So what the city's doing here is trying to, to cure any sort of, you know, what somebody might allege to be some sort of infirmity in these decisions by making sure, you know, hey, if you want to be heard on this issue, then, you know, come be heard on this issue. Um, we have already, I'll remind everybody, we've already heard testimony and evidence from everybody, you know, on these four issues tonight that we're going to look at. Um, I, unless we hear something compelling, I'm not sure that we need to relitigate all of these, but um, this is an opportunity to, you know, cure, um, you know, just a little defect, perhaps with procedure or process. So, uh, board member Gardner, um, chairman uh, Herod, and a question to the staff: uh, If there is no one opposed uh, in the public there to testify, I'd like to um, move that we approve the uh, variance for the front building setback from 20 feet to six feet, four inches for the rebuilding of the front, front ports based on the findings in the staff report, concluding that it meets the five conditions outlined in 2013-09-G1. So uh, uh, this is Member Shalinsky, I'd like to second that. So th this is Catherine Week, staff liaison. Um, so there are individuals in the room 
Um, so we should probably determine whether or not they wish to hear the item um, and respond with their comments accordingly. That That's the purpose for the notification. So this is Chairperson Herod. So the general gave us an important caveat there. He said, if there's no one in the room. So regarding um, the first item for public hearing tonight, which regards um, a property at, I believe, 1220 Summit Street. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Is there anybody in the room here um, that wants to be heard on that particular item tonight? I will double check. I know that there are individuals here, so I will ask if they wish to be heard. Yes. Yes. Yes, there are. All right. Thank you. Okay. So why so, don't we... Um, I don't know, and I will leave this, uh, I'll throw this out to the board. This is Chairperson Herod. Um, once again, we have heard staff presentation. We've heard you know, other relevant evidence on this item. I don't need, I don't know that we need staff to tee it up again. We know that we're here hearing B-21-00350. This is regarding a property at 1220 Summit Street here in Lawrence, Kansas, and a variance that's being requested regarding a 20-foot setback. Um, I don't think we need any more presentation to that. If the board disagrees, say something, but otherwise I'd be ready to hear from the applicant or from the public. And Randy Larkin looks like he wants to be heard. Randy. Yes, this is Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. If somebody is here to speak on this and, and have a have a you know have due process and have a, a valid way of responding to what the what the application is, what the presentation is, they may have to go we may have to go through it if somebody is here to speak on it and wants to hear that evidence. Even though you have heard it already, I understand that. But so that they have a fair opportunity to respond to what's presented, what the testimony is, we may just have to rehear. So I just wanted to make sure that we're aware of that. Thank you, Randy. This is Chairperson Herod. Um, do we have a member of the public that wants to be heard on this item? Yes, we do. We have, how many people do we have that want to be heard on it? There are two. at least two, or no, there are two individuals in this house. All on right, this, this is Chairperson Herod. Let me pull the room. Do the two individuals that are here to be heard on this, do they want to hear staff's presentation in the, on this issue tonight, or are they content with essentially staff's presentation is going to be the contents of the packet that's been distributed to the public twice now? It's totally up to you what you want to do. Um, I, you well, I don't know what was presented on November 4th, for one thing. We were never notified about this meeting. Well, just so we're clear, this is Chairperson Herod, is the packet that was distributed tonight to the public and to the board is the same packet that was distributed on November 4th for that meeting of 2021. Does that make sense? All we got, all, all I have ever received is a letter from the city that we got about two weeks ago that a variance was being requested for 1220 Summit. So okay, and just so, so this is Chairperson Herod, and just so the record is clear, that the staff packets with recommendations and analysis are made available not only to the board but to the public prior to these meetings and are readily accessible so they're available i have, i apologize that you haven't seen that 
staff, why don't you go ahead and present on this issue and we'll proceed um, normally. Okay, staff liaison and Catherine Week. I just might note that some individuals were, are probably here based on the letter only and have not been online or seen the packet, so they only have the information that was in the letter, which I think is what the uh, the individual was referring to. But anyway, I'll go ahead and present this item. Uh, this is a request for variance from the front setback located at 1220 Summit Street. Um, it, this is an RS5 district, which does require that 20 foot front setback. Uh, the applicant it, basis for their request is that they are trying to really rehabilitate that structure um, and make it habitable. Again, there's an existing porch at that location and they wish to rebuild it in its uh, current location. So looking at the uh, five criteria, the first one that the variance request arises from conditions that are unique to the property in question and not ordinarily found in the same zone or district, and that the actions are not created by the owner applicant. So under staff's uh, research, it, uh, we discovered that the, this subject lot was platted in 1917. Um, the current residence on the parcel was constructed in according to the Douglas County Appraiser's Office in approximately 1940. At the time of that residence construction, the city uh, of Lawrence was under the 1935 zoning code. And at that time, the property was zoned U1, which was dwelling house district. The setback requirement uh, was one of two uh, things either, the setback was that any building constructed shall provide for a front yard minimum depth of which shall not be at least 20% of the depth of the lot or uh, based on its class uh, for height and area, that this height and area, it was under the A class, could be uh, 20 feet uh, based on the boundary of the zoning district, which would have been the uh, western or the eastern edge of Summit Street. Uh, based on aerial photography between 1955 and 2008, um, it was noted that that property was somewhere between 21 and 23 feet from the east edge of Summit Street. The photos prior to that time were not clear enough to determine uh, good approximate distances. Since that time, um, situation has changed. The street at that location, which appears to originally have been about 16 feet wide, is currently approximately 20 feet wide. So over time, as the street has been improved, the edge of Summit Street is now closer to that structure. The structure has not changed, but the context in that area has changed based on the width of Summit Street which is a circumstance that is not created by the applicant, but is created by contextual issues outside of the applicant's control. Yeah, with the adoption of that 1966 zoning ordinance, um, the property was rezoned to RM1, which is a multifamily district. And then in 1968 to RS2 over that time, uh, that R and then to RS5, which is our current district. And over that time, that 20 foot requirement was has remained the same. It's a 20 foot setback requirement. And the current measurement from the front of the property line to the structure is approximately 18 uh, to 20 feet. So based on the information available for the site and the structure, SAF does believe that that residence was constructed in accordance with the applicable 
applicable development standards at that time. And therefore, that existing residence would be nonconforming with the currently adopted land development code, but would have been compliant at the time it was constructed in 1940. And so staff does feel that it does meet criteria one uh, for granting of a variance. Criteria two, that granting of the variance will not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. In staff's opinion, uh, the requested variance would not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners. Um, as of the time of the report was written, we had not received any additional communications. Um, we do have individuals that will wish to speak to it tonight. In granting this variance would allow uh, the resident's resident to maintain its uh, current historic front setback along that Summit Street um, uh, boundary. Rebuilding the porch uh, that does not extraordinarily encroach um, into a site triangle or anything is consistent with regulations um, at the time that it was built. So staff does feel that number two uh, is met. The criteria three, that the strict application of the provisions of this chapter um, would constitute a necessary hardship upon the property upon the property owner. Uh, in staff's opinion, uh, strict adherence to the code required building setbacks in this instance may constitute an unnecessary hardship due the, to the continued adoption of new zoning and development codes since the residence's construction in 1940. That structure was likely conforming to the 1935 zoning code um, and various zonings over time have changed the circumstance, which is not uh, a result of the owner's action and was actually an action uh, by the city of Lawrence with improvements uh, to the street and adoptions of new code. So staff does feel that number three, unnecessary hardship criteria can be met uh, for granting the variance. Criteria four, that the variance desired will not adversely affect the public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting the requested variance will not create an adverse effect upon public health, safety, morals, order, and the above mentioned criteria. The request in question is contained within the parcel owned by the applicant, and this structure would not create any spillover or noxious effects to the surrounding area as it has been existing um, as it is in this time. And then number five, uh, the fifth criteria is that granting the variance desired would not be opposed to the general spirit and intent of this chapter. And in staff's opinion, uh, approval of the variance is consistent with the general spirit and intent of the land development code. And granting this requested variance is consistent, consistent with previous findings. Again, uh, granting this variance um, is not granting an additional benefit this is alleviating a hardship that has been created over time to this particular uh, property owner. So in conclusion, uh, staff is recommending uh, approval of the front building setback from 20 feet to six feet, four inches. Um, and based on the conclusion that it meets all five of the criteria for granting of variance. I would be happy to stand for any questions and, or clarifications if you may have them. This is Chairperson Herod. Um, I'm going to suggest to the board that if there's due to the reason that on November 4th of 2021, you may remember that you had a chance to talk with staff, question staff and debate this particular proposal at that time, I'm going to jump over um, the board board questioning staff on this 
and let our public um, speak. Is there any objection to that? All right, seeing no objection, why don't we hear from the public on this issue? Okay, and I should note also, this is Catherine Weeks, staff liaison, that the applicant is also here, and I don't know if they wish to comment on this um, based on the second hearing or not. So, Well, then I would, um, let me take a step back. I didn't know the applicant was in the room. Typically, we'll have the uh, applicant chat with us before the public. Um, applicant, I imagine that you just heard what I advised the board, which is, you know, I... I remember this proposal and I remember chatting with everybody. Um, if you want to be heard, you're welcome to be heard tonight. Um, or you can, you know, you can just remain silent. It's totally up to you. I'll remain silent unless okay. I have to make a rebuttal. Okay. He wishes to uh, sit this out at the time, but he may have answers to the questions um, that the applicant or the individuals may bring up so sure. all right this is chairperson here why don't we hear from the public on this issue if you want to take turns and come up to the podium uh, thank you um i did you receive the email with the drawings and so forth that i sent you i did not see, receive an email I, well that's weird um, anyway, um, you the house right you now, state your name too first. Dolores Meyer, okay. I live in the neighborhood. Okay. The house right now, 1220, the house itself is 28 feet from the edge of the pavement. I guess what they're calling the existing porch was only added on about five years ago. And there is a slab there that was the original porch. I've lived there nearly 30 years, so... I'm very familiar with the house. And um, <clears throat> the way I'm understanding this request is they want to extend that another 14 feet. So if that existing, what they're calling the existing porch right now is eight feet beyond, that already has you at 20 feet to the pavement. They want to add another 14 feet on. That puts you about six feet from the pavement. I don't see how that's safe for the public. I mean, I live across the street and my fence has been wiped out twice by drunk drivers or whatever, you know? So to have a house, right? Or the house extending out that far, I just can't believe it. The other thing I don't understand is this lot is quite large. It's a nice lot. There's plenty of room towards the back to add on. There's plenty of room to the south to add on. Why is it necessary to bring that porch out right? I mean, right out on top of the easement. It doesn't seem safe. The, there's no parking already. There's no curbs on the streets. Um, people just kind of park willy-nilly. Um, I just... For someone who's lived there a long time and loves the neighborhood, and most people that live there have lived there quite some time, it's mostly owner-occupied, and I would just like, I mean, I'd like to see the place improved. It's been a problem for quite some time since the previous owners passed away, but um, I don't have much faith in what they're going to do there because 
of some of the stuff that they have done previously, which I don't think they've had permits for. And it's been, I don't know. I'm just not in favor of it. Thanks. Does anyone on the board have any uh, questions for uh, Ms. Meyer? All right, seeing none, is there anyone else, this chairperson here, is there anyone else that wants to be heard on this issue? There is, yes. Hi, my name is Deborah Nelson. I live directly across the street from 1220 Summit. And the uh, location of that house is the closest one on the street already within a three block area on Summit Street. So I don't understand why they have to get even closer to the street. We don't have sidewalks, we don't have curbs. People park on our lawns all the time because there's no room. And I just think it's going to aggravate the situation even more. We live where there is a street that curves up and there's kind of a blind spot. The street is already narrow. We've had several people ram into our fence, go through our fence and destroy it because the street is still is not wide enough for safety and to have a house that close to the street is um i totally opposed to and we did submit drawings a letter and i don't know where it went to but we would like to submit that as well thank you this is chairperson Herod. does anybody on the board have any question for ms nelson Okay, this is Chairperson Herod. I don't see any questions from Ms. Nelson. Let me ask staff. Um, I think they're advising, they brought some stuff that they wanna show. Um, do they have anything with them, Catherine? Do you have that letter and those drawings with you? Yeah, they're not very plain. I did send them as PDFs to So here's the attachment. This is Summit Street right here. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a... So this went to the planning email? I sent it. I never did get a response. I guess I should have followed up on it. But... Okay. So um, we do have um, the items that she has presented. It's basically a drawing showing uh, where the item is located in association with the Summit Street and the property line. Um, the problem is we don't have overhead uh, presentation method anymore. Uh, so I am not able to put this on the screen. Um, do we not, this is chairperson here, do we not have that imager next to the podium anymore? We do not. It is not an option anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's basically uh, an outline of the of Summit Street lot. It's showing the existing uh, structure as it sits on the lot, um, and it's showing the en encroachment um, into the property. Um, and I also do think that the applicant wants to also respond um, to what um, has been expressed as a concern. 
Sure, thank you. This is Chairperson Herod. Why don't we hear from uh, the applicant? I'll keep this. Oh, you want me to keep it? Or if you'd like it. Okay. okay, we can put this in the file. Okay. All right, I'm Frederick Schneider. I'm an architect. I represent Andretti, uh, the Andretti family who owned this property. Uh, I've been working on this for about a year and eight months. When we first went to the site, there was a front porch on the structure. It was stuck out approximately six to eight feet. During the construction that Mr. Guadalupe Andretti was doing, he was doing it without a permit. So the city shut him down and he had taken down part of the front porch. He was going to replace the roof on it. But the city made him demolish the whole front porch. So we've asked to just put the front porch back on. We are not extending it any closer to the street than what it was in 1940. So I don't think we are causing any problem. It's just a matter that the right of way of this street has changed since 1940. It's gotten larger and put this building out of compliance. And it's simply as that. And if we don't get the variance, then the building sets unattended. We can never make it habitable. And I guess in another 20 years, it'll be raised. But uh, we are not extending the existing porch that was there since 1940, any closer to the street. Now, granted, it is kind of close. I'll give you that. That's fine. I, and I totally misunderstood. So, so if you can, I, if has, it's just a moment. You've had, had your turn. Um, so we're, we're so, out of order. The applicant has his turn at the moment. And then if the board has additional questions, um, they can come back to the um, audience um, and ask those questions. Like I said, all we are trying to do is just replace the, porch that was existing there with the new porch. We're not bringing it any close to the street. Now, I granted, I agree, it's close to the property line, but I've gone over this thing, like I say, for a year and eight months, and I've tried to get a permit. And every time I send it into the inspection department, it gets denied for some reason. This is now I've done working drawings. We brought the building up to code compliance. We passed all inspection, except for this one element that is not the owner's problem or it wasn't any he did not cause this problem so anyway that's where i'm at i just feel that uh since we're not adding it on and if this is a, a bonus to the community and uh, we're trying to make a habitable structure uh i'll leave it at that thank you this is chairperson here does anybody have any questions for mr snyder all right i don't see any uh, board member Shalinsky. Um, I am a little bit confused here, so maybe you can help me out. Um, is the structure currently habitable or is it not? It is not because this we have not been able to get a permit in about, like I said, a year and eight months to start work. Sure. The, the drawings are complete. They've been submitted to the city. It's been approved. I did all the construction and all the drawings. Uh, but here again, we've never been able to get a permit. And it's always something. There was something about the garage and the back porch and then a, a property line. And anyway, it's it's been a bit trying, but it, it, it we've I think we've gone through the legal process and made it workable. And if you look at the, if, if you go out and look at the structure, there's a, as the lady said, there, there's a concrete element out in front. It's it basically a landing or a pad. And the columns that were on the original front porch 
are going to still set on that original pad. So like I say, we're not adding any depth or any any addition to the front porch. We just want to replace the front porch the way it was in 1940. Can I just okay. say something? Yeah. I, I, that's what I thought. When you said 14 feet and stuff. Okay, okay hang on just a minute. Here. No, bring Kathy, it back. Can you, can you get yes. control of the room? Yes. So if, if you still have questions for the applicant, he is at the podium. Um, otherwise, there are individuals that also have um, comments if you have questions of them. Right. And I think they want to clarify their um, concern if they have the opportunity to do that. All right. So this is Chairperson Herod. Um, Board Member Shalinsky, do you have any other questions for Mr. Snyder? Uh, Board Member Shalinsky, not at this time. Thank you. All right. This is Chairperson Herod. Does any other board member have any questions for Mr. Snyder? All right, I don't see any. Um, so it sounds like the public would like to be heard. Let's hear from them and make sure we're all clear on what we're talking about. Um, anybody from the public want to be heard on this? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I've wasted all your time. I've, I think I misunderstood the letter. It sounded like the porch was going to be extended 14 feet in the letter, which would put it a lot deeper, but it sounds like that's not happening. It's going to stay the way it is, more or less. So I have no problem with that. And this is Chairperson Herod. Can you remind me, are you Miss Meyer or Miss Nelson? Meyer. Miss Meyer. Okay. So does that mean that you're not opposed to this any longer? I'm not opposed. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. And Miss Nelson, do you want to? Tell us anything before we uh, close public comment. If the, the lo location of the porch stays the same, I'm not opposed, but uh, the letter was very confusing. So, um, yeah, okay. so we're fine with it. Okay, thank you for clarifying that, Ms. Nelson. All right, this is board, <laughs> this is Chairperson Herod. So, uh, I'm going to bring it back to the board. I'm going to ask the board if there's any objection to closing uh, public comment on this issue. And I guess we'd need a motion actually to close public comment. Board member Gardner uh, moved to close public comment. Board member Shalinsky second. All right, this is chairperson here. It's been moved and seconded to close public comment. Staff, will you call the roll? Yeah, Shalinsky. Aye. Clark. Aye. Herod? Aye. Gardner? Aye. And the motion carries. All right, this is Chairperson Herod. Thank you very much. And thank you for the public for coming in and um, sharing with us. I think this gives us some conviction moving forward. Um, the board, we certainly can talk about what we've heard tonight or we could hear a motion at this point. Let me know what you wanna do. Um, board member Gardner, I'd like to make the same motion I made at the beginning. It's a replacement of a, of an existing thing that was anyway, uh, right, so a motion to approve, uh, the variance motion request. to approve same as I said before, and if you want me to get it back, I, I will. Okay. Um, is there a second for this motion to approve the variance as requested? This is board member Clark. It's not a second, but 
just a, a, a small voice of frustration. At this point in time, there is no porch, correct? So we are not maintaining any historicity of that porch. There is no, no structure proceeding out 36 inches higher than the ground level. It's a concrete pad. Is that correct? Staff uh, liaison, Catherine, we are getting conflicting information in the room. I think it's partially there. It's not, it's not completely uh, all the way out to the edge of the patio, but there is pieces of the existing or previous. Yeah, there's posts and rafters from the existing porch that are there. So then am I to understand that the applicant did not comply with the city's request to finish the demolition of the porch? Uh, they complied with the city's request to cease activity until they got their permit, and that's the process they're currently going through. Okay. I, my understanding from the applicant was that they were asked to finish the demolition of the porch. Is that not accurate? I can bring the applicant back up to the podium to answer that. Uh, I, I really don't know. All I know is that, all I can say is, is that the, uh, it's okay, a concrete hold on. This is Chairperson Herod. Okay, so I'm sorry, Mr. Snyder, yeah. thank you, but right now you're out of order. So what we've got is we've got a motion, and right now I'm looking for a second on this motion. All right. All right. All right. So with no second, then we're going to bring it back to the board and we're going to discuss a little bit more. So I would volunteer this before I recognize board member Herrett, uh, board member Shalinsky. I was looking at my own caption there. Sorry, Barry. <laughs> um, um, board member Clark's, I get his point. It's well taken. I would say it's kind of chicken and the egg. It's you know, what is the historical form of this property? Is it with the porch or is it with the porch, you know, half gone? You know, I tend to agree with the analysis that the property had a porch for a long time. And I think that it doesn't, I think that the five conditions are met to allow that porch to be restored um, as it was. That's just my opinion. Board member Shalinsky, do you want to be heard? Um, if it's not too late, I would like to uh, second uh, board member Gardner's motion. Tell you what, why don't you make the motion and I bet you the general will jump in and second your motion. Okay. <laughs> I will uh, make a motion to approve the um, application uh, on the basis that the five uh, conditions were met in accordance with the uh, staff report and would note that um, the uh, neighbors are now uh, convinced that it's not going to be a problem. All right, thank you, Board Member Shalinsky. This is Chairperson Herod. So, Board Member Shalinsky, I believe, has made a motion to approve the variance as recommended by staff in item number one regarding 1220 Summit Street. I believe Board Member correct. Gardner, second. All right, so it's been moved and seconded to approve <laughs> the variance request. Um, staff, it's been moved and seconded. Will you call the roll? 
I will. Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Gardner? Yay. Shalinsky? Yes. Herod? Yes. Clark? No. The motion carries. Thank you, Catherine. This is Chairperson Herod. So I believe that passed by three to one. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So we will move on to item two on our agenda, which is B-21-00373 regarding a property located at 700 Lincoln Street. This is another item that was before the Board of Zoning Appeals at the November 4th, 2021 meeting at that time. Um, believe the staff recommended approval and the board approved it four to zero. Is, um, is there anybody in um, City Hall or online that wishes to be heard on this issue? Just curious. This is Catherine Week, staff liaison. I do not believe there is anyone in the room uh, to be heard on this item. And you are correct. You did approve it previously at the previous hearing uh, with a vote of vote of four to zero. Luke can check online to see if there's anyone to speak on this. And if not, you would have the option uh, to decide to waive the staff presentation if you so chose. Board member Gardner requests the staff report be waived. And I and if approved, I'd move the variance uh, be approved to reduce the required setback from 50 feet to 23 feet for the uh, parcel number 079290200900002.00-0 and future lots addressed at 7 as 716 Lincoln Street 720 Lincoln Street and 724 Lincoln Street pending administrative approval of the minor subdivision. Uh, board member Shalinsky, I will second that. All right. It's been, this is Chairperson Herod. It's been moved and seconded to approve uh, agenda item two, which is B-21-00373. Um, unless there's any objection or discussion on the motion, I'd ask staff to call the roll. Staff liaison, Catherine Week. Clark. Aye. Herod? Aye. Gardner? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. The motion carries four to zero. Thank you, Catherine. This is Chairperson Herod. So we are now moving on to what's been labeled as agenda item three under the public hearing portion of our agenda tonight which is B-22-0032. I believe this is one that board member Clark asked to recuse from, but I think that we could readmit board member Rankin on this particular item. Staff liaison, Catherine Week, that's correct. Luke Mortensen, uh, board member Rankin has returned and board member Clark has been placed in a waiting room. All right. And just 
for my situational awareness, this is chairperson Herod, um, board member ranking, were you following us on YouTube? Were you watching that what we were doing? That's correct. Board member Rankin, I am uh, back. Okay. Did you follow any of this on YouTube at all? All right, we'll just move on. This is chairperson Herod. Um, so looks like board member Clark is, is, is exited and uh, we have board member Rankin back. Follow any of this on YouTube at all? Yes, board member Rankin, I was, yeah, I was watching the poll and kind of seeing what guys uh, I voted, so. Awesome, okay, thank you. So uh, this is staff liaison, Catherine Week. I believe maybe Adam still has his YouTube channel on. And so there is a delay that we are hearing in the boardroom here. If you could maybe shut your YouTube down, that may help. Thank you. All right. Chairperson Herod, I observe a thumbs up from board member Rankin. So we can move on with agenda item three, which is B-22-00032, which is regarding a property located at 815 Ohio Street. This was a item that was previously before the board on March 3rd, 2022. At that time, staff recommended denying the variance request. The board approved the variance request four to two at that time. Um, out of curiosity for situational awareness, I would ask staff, is there anybody from the public in City Hall or online that wishes to be heard on this particular agenda item? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. So we do not have any general public um, here for this item. The applicant, however, is in the room. If you have questions specific to the applicant, they are here. Thank you. This is Chairperson Herod. Um, I would leave it to the board. What do you want to do? Do you want to hear more from the applicant, knowing that we have already heard from the applicant on this issue and approved um, this variance request, or do you want to, um, do you want to, well, actually I can ask the applicant as well, you know, um, does the applicant want to be heard on this or are you content to, um, just stand on the, on the presentation that's already been made? Why don't we start with the applicant first? Do you wish to speak additionally or do you want to? Let it go. No. Okay. She says uh, they don't need to speak unless you have questions or their objections. Sure. Or yeah, just basically reserving the right for rebuttal. Yeah. And that's understandable. <laughs> okay. So this is Chairperson Herod. So now <laughs> to the board. Um, do you, to the board, do you want to hear staff present on this? Do you have questions of the applicant? or do you want to make a motion regarding agenda item three? Uh, board member Shalinsky, I am ready to decide this one. <laughs> All right, you're kind of teasing us there, board member Shalinsky. Do you want to make a motion on this one way or another? Um, yes, I will make a motion to approve the application. Um, on the same basis as was stated in the minutes the last time. Staff, is that motion going to be sufficient for you or do we need to state the variance request and what it's doing? Uh, 
staff liaison Catherine Wake. That motion would be sufficient. Staff can okay. get the uh, motion from the previous. Yep. Board member Gardner second. All right. It's been moved and seconded to essentially affirm the prior decision of the board on March 3rd, 2022, um, or in the alternate to approve the variance again. One of the two will surely get the job done. Uh, staff, can you read the roll on this issue? Yes. Uh, Shalinsky? Yes. Rankin? Yes. Gardner? Yes. Herod? Yes. And the motion carries four to zero. Thank you, staff. I'll email you again tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank All right. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so this is Chairperson Herod. We're moving on to agenda item number four, and that is regarding B 22 0033. And I believe this is regarding a property located at 2200 West 25th Street. And I definitely remember quite a bit of discussion on this one. Um, so for my curiosity, can staff advise whether we have the applicant or anybody from the community that wants to be heard um, on this issue? Staff liaison, Catherine Week. We do not have anyone that wishes to be heard on this item. Um, I just had Luke check and there does appear to be um, a Zoom user that potentially could be the applicant. Why don't we query that caption Zoom user with the sunset over the ocean, I think is who you're talking about, and find out um, if they want to be heard on this issue and who they are. Hi, this is Chris representing the, the owner. And I, I'm, I'm the one that was on the, the last uh, call. I don't necessarily need to be heard. Um, uh, bearing that uh, the outcome is is the same. Okay, why don't we go ahead? So the applicant is present, and we'll just say you reserve the right to to rebut if needed. That that would be fine, and I would recognize you if you need to give us some additional uh, information. So this is Chairperson Herod. I will bring it back to the board. Board, it's up to you. You can. Um, hear presentation from the staff on this you can waive that and you can um, ask more questions of the applicant or we could move on to a motion i will defer to you board member gardner um i'd like to move the exact same motion that was approved last time if the staff could do that officially and by last time i presume you mean essentially yes. affirming the decision from the March 3rd, 2022 Cor meeting. Correct. Okay, so that's the motion before us. Is there a second? Board Member Rankin, I'll second that. All right, it's been moved and seconded to approve the variance as requested by, or as approved. So I remember there was a little thing going on on that meeting. You know what I'm talking about, right, staff? Staff is on Catherine Week. Yes, you would basically be approving um, the reduction down to 15 feet as yes. you did last time. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, with that in mind, I would ask the staff to call the roll on the seconded motion. Uh, staff is on Catherine Week. Herod? Aye. Gardner? Aye. 
Shalinsky. No. And Rankin. Aye. And the motion carries. Okay. Thank you. This is Chairperson Herod. And so I believe that was, was that a three to one vote? Yes. 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 Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for, thank you to everybody. Thank you to the board, to staff, to the public, and to the applicant for your patience. Um, I believe that we have diligently corrected any infirmity that may have existed in those previous decisions rendered by the board and that we can now move on to new business. Well, what's new business to us? Um, which is agenda item five, and we'll get our board members back. Luke Morrison, Planning Development Services. We, um, they, are, they should be back now. Okay, mm -hmm. so I see Tressa, and I'm looking for, there's Nathan Clark giving us the deuce. All right, mm -hmm. thank you, Nathan. <laughs> And I think we've got everybody. So with the Board of Zoning Appeals at full strength, <laughs> let us consider what's been marked agenda item five, which is B-22-00150 regarding a variance requested for property at 1346 Ohio Street. I think I recognize that address. I think we've, I think we've had some interesting presentations on this property before. So I'd ask staff to present on this issue. Yes, staff liaison, Catherine Week. So I'm here to present that item as mentioned uh, for a variance request located at 1346 Ohio Street. This would be a variance request from Article 9, which is the parking and loading and access uh, chapter of our code. And the reduction is a request from a uh, required 20 spaces to one space. In reviewing uh, the, well, I should mention the reason for the request first is that this applicant is looking to uh, change the use at this location from a congregate residence uh, to a fast order or fast food um, use. And that does require additional parking requirements. That would be the 20. Um, so they are, it would also have a work live unit um, as part of that structure, um, and they would be proposing to provide uh, one parking space for the work of unit. So in reviewing the criteria, criteria one, does this arise from conditions that are unique to this particular property in question and not ordinarily found in the same zoning district and that are not created by the applicant? Um, in reviewing uh, or analyzing that criteria, the uh, variance originates from the applicant seeking to change the use at this proposed location uh, to the fast order food use, um, changing from the congregate residence to a fast order food restaurant. <clears throat> so this property was um, given an automatic SUP or special use permit as part of the rezoning that took place in 2010 when the whole district was rezoned to that MU district. Um, so while there is not an approved site plan on file for this property since it was in existence prior to when site planning was potentially done, um, the property did receive that automatic uh, special use permit when that rezoning took place. So the congregate residence is a permitted use uh, via that SUP here. Um, the applicant is seeking to change that use uh, to the fast order food restaurant or food use. 
So that does uh, create an increase for the parking demand, thus the uh, variance request. It should be noted that the requirement for the property to be a mixed use um, uh, building is not uh, due to it residing in the Orient's neighbor, Oread neighborhood and under the Oread design um, guidelines, but it's part of that MU district uh, requirements that do require that mixed uh, mixed use structure. In staff's analysis, uh, staff believes that the combination of the site's location um, and its inability to expand or reasonably provide modified parking accommodations could be um, a unique condition. However, um, in this instance, changing the use um, and increasing the parking demand um, is an action that is being undertaken by the applicant or the property owner, um, and that is um, not consistent with uh, the criteria number one. So staff did not feel that it met that criteria. Criteria two, that granting the variance will not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners. Um, in staff's opinion, uh, the requested variance would not affect the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. Um, at the time of the report, um, you have all of the correspondence that we received. Um, it was uploaded um, into the packet. Uh, while it's not a right, um, the convenience of surrounding property owners and tenants may be affected um, if patrons do drive and have to park along adjacent uh, residential streets. So parking um, is an identified challenge in this area. Uh, <clears throat> staff did not feel um, that this particular item met criteria two. Um, even though there are limitations, uh, again, that increase in the fast order food use, uh, those the fact that that does increase the parking demand uh, may create um, an adverse uh, circumstance in this location. Criteria number three, that the strict application of the provisions of the chapter for which the variance is requested is constituting an unnecessary hardship for the property owner presented in this application. An unnecessary hardship must be due to an exceptional condition or application of the land development code that is specific to the property, not due to general uh, zoning district requirements or broader context of the area or neighborhood. And such irregular characteristics might arise, for example, from the size or shape of a lot or topography or water features on a site. And merely demonstrating some hardship um, is insufficient to satisfy the land development's code unnecessary hardship definition. The owner's request to change the use may be impacted by a request to provide parking and may be a hardship for that particular site, but it does not rise to the level of being what is defined as an unnecessary hardship. The requirement for providing parking is consistently applied throughout the zoning districts and the land development code does provide options uh, for potentially seeking shared and off-site parking uh, subject to meeting the conditions as that section requires. So staff did not feel uh, that this met the criteria uh, for uh, criteria three, unnecessary hardship. Uh, criteria four, that the variance desired will not adversely affect the public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general, general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting the requested variance may create adverse effect upon the public health, et cetera. Um, while some vehicular traffic would probably be situated um, 
would would be reasonably anticipated. The location principally serves uh, the surrounding university population. And this location is situated to take advantage of that foot traffic from the University of Kansas and surrounding student housing residents. However, a 19 space request is a significant reduction and could impact on street parking. That is already a challenge in this area. And it's reasonable to expect others will continue to drive their own vehicles to the premises um, for the new use. Without on-site parking for the increased users, the parking load would be completely shifted to being provided via on-street parking throughout the surrounding area. So staff did not feel that criteria four was met um, in, the, in the analysis for this particular request. Criteria five, that granting the variance desired would not be opposed to the general spirit and intent of this chapter. In staff's opinion, uh, the variance requested would be opposed to the general spirit and intent of the land development code. Uh, the location of this site is conducive to foot traffic as it already is a key pedestrian thoroughfare for existing university traffic. Staff believes that a portion of the site's customers will still be within walking distance. However, it also believes that a reasonable uh, assumption would be made that visitors will also be driving to this property. <clears throat> At the time that the area was rezoned to that MU district, there was an expectation of the district's application along 14th Street to provide a coordinated expansion or redevelopment where balanced parking approach would be uh, provided. This proposed project introduces a new intensified use, which is fast order food, um, which would be, in staff's opinion, exacerbating the documented parking deficit identified in this area. So in conclusion, um, staff found that not all five conditions uh, were met in accordance with 2013-09 and is recommending denial of the parking variance based upon the findings in the staff report. And I would be happy to stand for any questions or provide any clarifications if uh, needed. This is Chairperson here. Does anybody on the board have any questions for staff? All right, I see no questions for staff at this time. Uh, I believe that the applicant is present. Is that correct, Mr. Werner? Yes, Paul Werner with Paul Werner Architects. Um, yeah, go ahead, please. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. Good evening. Um, here we are again, uh, fourth time, as already mentioned. Um, so we've brought this project to the board. Um, the current structure is in, still in need of a major renovation um, and the project that we're trying to pursue, regardless of what we do, frankly, needs a parking variance. The three times we were here before, we presented a project to expand the Hawk. We gathered from those meetings and from planning staff and members of this board that um, that was probably never gonna be supported. So maybe we're a little slow. Um, but this is a completely different project. I would like to just go through the staff report and address some of the comments, and then we'll be happy to answer any of your questions. It's already been pointed out that the variance is from 20 spaces to one. So currently on the site is 12 bedrooms in the existing structure, and the structure to the east holds eight bedrooms. There's only legally two parking spaces between these 20 bedrooms that currently exist on the site. We think this is another good example of infill projects and our code that just makes it that hard to complete. The city commission and the planning commission are always talking about infill development, but the reality is we're just not very good at it. We've just redone the comp plan. We are hiring a new consultant to redo the redevelopment. 
to redo the development code, but that's going to take years. We need help with this renovation, and that's why I would be for you again tonight. So I do like the cover sheet on the executive summary, fiscal impact. I know that that is technically meant for, is there a cost to the city? And it says there isn't. I actually think there is. A renovated building on this site would generate much more property taxes and a fast order food use would generate a great deal of sales tax. <laughs> the five criteria, uniqueness, the proximity to the campus, the Oriad neighborhood, the Oriad design guidelines. I looked and I couldn't find but one other corner lot in the immediate area that does not have access such as an alley where this property is landlocked. Um, as Catherine has mentioned, <clears throat> the MU zoning. So let's discuss the MU zoning. This property along with 11 others in the area were rezoned to mixed use in 2010. Can't believe that's been 12 years. This property owner owns this and two of, of those other properties, but other owners own the other eight. As much as I would like to think I get to decide what gets zoned in Lawrence and how that process works, I'm sure most of you are familiar, that's not how it works. These 11 parcels and property owners uh, submitted an application to the city planning office. That application went to the planning commission, which recommends to the city commission. The city commission adopted the MU zoning. Um, I think it's a fair assumption to make that these boards anticipated a mixed use project to be developed on this property. This was all done with planning staff support. There were zero stipulations on the zoning regarding parking. The intent of the mixed use zoning is to reduce the, re the reliance on vehicles. Catherine alone has mentioned several times the walkability of this area. So while the owner was part of the application that changed the zoning, they didn't just approve it on their own. I am curious if staff would have had a different opinion about the parking and the hardships if this building was sold to someone and somebody else was bringing it before you. We also feel the staff report is a little misleading when it states that the code provides relief from other parking areas, such as the development bonuses if certain conditions are met. Those conditions are not possible at this location. The option for development bonuses to reduce the parking and mixed use only apply if you are on a designated transit route with a bus stop. We don't make the bus routes either. Uh, I think it would be awesome if a bus went down Ohio Street, but I think we could all agree that there is no chance that that bus is going up 14th Street. On that note, maybe, maybe there is there's a reason why there is no bus stop in the general area, either on Ohio, Tennessee, or Kentucky, because the assumption is all these students are walking up the hill and walking to campus. Either way, that development bonus is not available to us. The other option, the advantage of the mixed use district is you are actually allowed to count the cars on the street in the mixed use district. The problem is the property, it's only the right of way directly in front of the mixed use zoning. So all of these properties are on the corners of Ohio and of Tennessee 
and 14th Street, which is too busy of a street to encourage people to park on. So that option is not allowed to us either. Well, I appreciate the ideas and are always open to any suggestions. The reality is they just aren't relevant to the situation that has to make this unique. Adverse effect of the adjacent property owners. I guess the question would be, what are we considering adjacent? Um, as you've discussed several times tonight, notice was sent to property owners within 400 feet of the subject property. I've only found one property in that 400 feet that is actually owner occupied, and you've received zero letters from anybody within 400 feet. While the staff report states that there's high neighborhood interest, which I agree with, for previous meetings, if you go back and look, which we did, there were more letters actually written in favor of the project than were against it. Also, this is a much different project, so I don't, I feel like we're confusing the two. The two people that did write letters at this time do live in the Orient neighborhood, but I wouldn't consider them adjacent. We feel that adding a food option to the neighborhood would be a convenience to the people living in the immediate area. No one is gonna park four or five blocks away to get a sandwich at this location unless they're already there. Unnecessary hardship. I struggle with this criteria on almost every project as I realize you guys do too. On any project, I think it's that's been in front of the BZA, you could say that anyone that chooses to do a development on any lot, lot that is bringing upon in front of your board that they have chose to do that. As I said before, while the property owner was part of the rezoning process, they didn't have, have the final say on whether this was actually zoned mixed use. So the fact that this property is currently zoned mixed use with the approval of all the other boards and planning staff, that's what we should be focusing on with this decision. Adverse effects of the public health. Staff states that a 19 space request is a significant reduction, while also stating the walkability of the area. Again, we know that not everyone will walk here, but I truly believe that more people will walk here to the fast order food use than there are currently tenants parking on the street. This use is geared for people that are already in the general area. What we do know is out of the 20 bedrooms on this site and the site to the east, that there are only two parking spaces. So those cars have to be parking on the street. General spirit of the chat of the, as Major General Gardner stated at one of the previous meetings, and we agree, the intent of the code is not to prevent people from renovating or improving a property. This could be a great infill project in the mixed use zoning on a very difficult site. The foundation of the existing structure is still failing. Um, I'm not sure if any of you have had the task of raising a structure, but if you're familiar with the Orient neighborhood, we have done several and salvaged several of the older homes in the area. I would like to address a couple of the comments from your written communication. Ms. Davis's letter states that the area is largely single single dwelling units. I would strongly disagree with that statement. In fact, most of the area is now zoned RM32-UC, which actually requires a special use permit for a detached dwelling or what 
we call single family homes. So it would be fair that this should, would be an item that maybe the planning department would change if that's really what they think is going on here. She also states that the, a drive-through food sales is an unreasonable idea. Um, I will give her the benefit of the doubt and be sure that I think she just misread the application, that there is no way we could get a drive-through on this site. Ms. Francisco's letter suggests that slapping on a new roof and siding may be all that it takes to renovate the structure. The foundation is in serious repair, which, which would require lifting the structure. Even if that wasn't the case, once we pull a building permit, I need an approved site plan. As Catherine stated, this, pro this property does not have an approved site plan. That requirement alone means we are going to need a parking variance for whatever goes on the site. I just absolutely believe that we know the number of residences on this site where they have to be parking. That again, maybe not everybody walks to this, you know, coffee shop or whatever it turns out to be. But with all of the thousands of students this close walking up 14th Street, I have to believe that this will be a less parking requirement than what actually exists on the site today. We would like you to consider all the options for this property and the hardships that are in place in doing any development here and approve our request for a parking variance for this project. I know the staff doesn't present it in this way, but right now, again, we know that we are short at least 10 spaces, if not 12 some days on the two structures that exist here. Not to mention visitors, visit the tenants. tenants. The variance we are asking for is not that much compared to that number, to the number of bedrooms. So we know in fact that there are current tenants parking on the street but I can think we can factually state how many people will drive here. And we know that some people will park and some people will walk to this coffee shop or whatever it turns out to be. We think this could be a great infill project and solve a lot of problems with the structure on the corner. Um, thank you for the fourth time for being here and uh, I am happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Werner. This is Chairperson Herod. Does any board member have any questions for Mr. Werner? Uh, board member Gardner. Um, Mr. Werner, you talked about 12 bedrooms and eight bedrooms. Are those all in that same building or, or did I misunderstand and it's two buildings? Can you clarify that? Yes, yeah, sorry. There's uh, 12 bedrooms in this structure. And there is a small parking area to the east, and then there is another structure to the east that act, that has eight bedrooms in it. Um, so to your point, we are only we are renovating the structure that currently has twelve bedrooms. Okay, so it would be so uh, follow up. It there will be one person living there. Is that the That's deal? Correct. So. Okay. Um, from the previous meetings, what we understood, um, you know, forgetting attaching to the hawk was that it really is about the residents coming home and needing a place to park. So there is a live work unit attached to this structure that has one dedicated parking space for the one bedroom. So we know that that tenant has a place to park when they come home. So effectively, 
you're going to free up 11 parking spaces by making this change. I would agree with that. What is the um, expected number of, um, I mean, based on the size of it or whatever that they're going to serve, what's the expected number of customers? Ooh, um, we, pro we probably have not got that far. Um, uh, we kept it pretty small so that the parking number is not that bad. It's a customer area that's shown in the report of 1,500 square feet. Um, I think, you know, this would be so new to the area. I think it would be tough to tell. Um, but I see a coffee shop, something in the morning, um, you know, but more people coming and going um, and going to and from campus. Um, next door, because is this, did you say it was owned by the people that own the Hawk? It is. Okay. So maybe, you know, of the number of customers that come to the Hawk, what percentage of them are walking? Well, um, you know, the Hawk has a pretty staggering, um, occupancy. It's very high. Um, I would think. I mean, if I was throwing out a number, I'd say 90% are walking or using Uber or anything like that. There's just, okay. uh, and that's, you know, that's not just because of the parking pressure. I think the kids today are a whole lot smarter than maybe some of the other adults were back in the day. Um, and to your point, I think that that's the exact users at night that we think go in here. And that's our point about they're, they're already there. That's why it seems like a perfect fit to provide them, um, you know, some, some sort of food option. Yeah. So 90%, um, what's the max capacity, if you know it, of the 1,500 square feet? So, <clears throat> so realistically, um, you know, so like a, a coffee shop downtown, 1,500 square feet. It's maybe 50 people. Um, it, it does vary on how you can set it up. So I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to mislead anybody that it could be a little higher than that. Um, but I, I think that ebbs and flows. I think it's, you know, when people are sitting down in the morning and drinking coffee and stuff is probably different than when it's, um, you know, 145 at night and a bunch of people have been let out of whether it's Bullwinkle's, the Hawk or the Wheel and want to get in and, you know, eat pizza or something like they did at Westport when we were all a little younger, something like that. Okay, so based on, let's say it is 50, then uh, with a 90% walking rate and a 10% driving rate, that's five people that would drive and you have freed up 11 parking spaces and to be filled by five. So you're actually opening up six parking spots on the street by doing what you're going to do. I, I would agree with your assessment. Yes. Okay. And just, this is chairperson here, just a point of clarification. I, I too am following general Gardner's math. We do have to allow that there's going to be, some parking for some employees, you know, maybe they walk, but then maybe somebody drives, but I do, I see where you're going. You know, we have 12 bedrooms reduced to one bedroom and then 
maybe some customers drive, maybe they don't, maybe some employees drive, maybe they don't. Is that fair to say? I, I think that's fair to say. That, that's a great point. You know, what I didn't mention, the other thing is um, college kids are a little fickle. And while the owner may not want to hear this, um, you know, the Hawk, I may get this a little bit wrong, but like, for instance, right now, the Hawk is closed. I mean, granted, we're in the summer, but even when school is here, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, um, Wednesday, the, the college kids, um, parents probably don't want to hear when they go out, but they actually do kind of migrate between different bars on different nights and each different bar kind of gets its night. So even when it's really crowded, um, that's probably one night a weekend and the other night they're down on Mass Street and the other night they're at the other end of Mass Street. Um, so great point, but, you know, so again, on on your average Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the, the Hawk isn't even open um, and certainly isn't open at certain, some of these times that, that we're talking about. So hopefully that helps too. <laughs> okay, I think, uh, Board Member Gardner, I think uh, Chairman Herod brought up a good point. Um, maybe you can answer this question then. If we were at max capacity of 50, um, how many employees do you anticipate in uh, that coffee shop? So we have listed four employees. Um, that's, what okay. we, that's what we think it will take to handle it. Um, so it's the 1,500 square feet is one person per uh, 100 square feet, which is for cars, um, which means so 15 cars, the four employees, and then the one live work unit, which is how we came to the requirement of 20, and that's been reduced to one. Okay, so in my math here, you freed up 11 parking spaces. 10% of 50 is five customers that are going to drive plus four employees that might drive, but likely they're going to be college students. So I'd say the number is probably less than that. Um, so they're probably walking to work. Um, it, you're still ahead by two parking spaces. I would agree. <laughs> When the board gets a moment, this is Staff Liaison, Catherine Week. I, I have a clarification or question that I'm not following the math on this, but when you have a moment. All right, this is Chairperson here. Apparently, Catherine is having trouble following very loose board member math, given that she went to school for real math. <laughs> Catherine, why don't you go ahead and ask your question now? Okay, so... One point of clarification is that the parking requirements are um, established based on the square footage for customer service area, which Mr. Warner has mentioned. And that is set on that 1,500 square feet, which predetermines that that parking for that area and that use would be 15 spaces. And then with the employees at four, that's 19 spaces. And with the work live unit at one space, that is where they came up with the required 20 spaces. I understand that it, it may look like we're going from a 12 bedroom congregate, which requires one per bedroom plus one per guests um, per 10 spaces. So that 
is 13 spaces that would typically be required for a congregate residence in under today's code. So that's 13 spaces that they would need on that property to be compliant today. Those, let's, those 12 are going away. They're leaving one. However, the food use uh, requires 20. So while it appears there may be a reduction because they're not using them for a residence, the actual net is higher. Um, so my math is not showing a reduction or a net of two, but it's basically, um, which I guess it would be seven. Is that where we're at? That is an additional requirement that they're asking for on the site. And this is your person here. So let me, let me wait in for a second here. So right now, this particular property has 12 bedrooms in it, right? That's correct. Okay. And how many parking spaces do we have allocated to this, to this property right now? If they were under today's code, they would be required. No, I mean, as we sit oh, here today. right now. So as Mr. Warner has stated, there are only two parking spaces on, on the site today. And so now I'm going to drag you back into fuzzy world because Catherine has correctly recited a strict reading of our land development code. And I, I get that and I appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, this, this is a round hole, but yet our property code demands square pegs. And I think I can say that with some authority, given that this is the fourth time this applicant's been before us. So we all need to agree on some things, which is our land development code, really what our land development code wants is this just to be a one bedroom apartment sitting on this apartment, on this property. That's, that, that would be conforming to our code. There is no other use that's conforming to our code. And knowing that, we just have to understand that this property is a tough nut to crack. Um, and Mr. Werner correctly points out from the applicant's point of view, you know, they've got some issues with this, with this aging property that need to be remediated that I think they're going to have some issues stepping up to because there's no site plan for this property. We know how we got here, but I mean, this one, this, this particular property, our land development code, it really tries extremely hard for the purposes of predictability and clarity and certainty to be black and white. But this particular property, without a doubt, dwells squarely in the gray. There's just no, anybody that says differently, I can go all night with you because you're just, this is not a black and white property here. Um, so with that said, I'm not showing my hand saying I'm ready to vote on something, but I just, I just hope, you know, my ears have been open the three other times this applicant has been here. Um, and I'm just, I'm wondering what we do about this. And so I've hogged the mic a little bit. So I'll go back to the board. Is there any other board member that has any questions for the applicant? All right, seeing none. So I would ask, is there any public comment on this issue? This is staff liaison, Catherine. We, we do not have anyone in the uh, audience that is here to comment on this particular item. And I don't know if there is anyone 
online. Luke, can you check that? Luke Mortensen, there are no other Zoom commenters. This is chairperson Herod. I'm seeing one Zoom caption that says connecting to audio, but then it's also a picture at City Hall. So I guess that's internal. Yeah, we have a number of we have a number of internal Zoom accounts that are audio visual related. Okay. All right. So all right. Well, then I would ask the board, is it the board's desire to close public comment on this issue and bring it back to the board? Board member Gardner moved to close public comment. All right. Is there a second? Board member Rankin, second. All right, it's been moved and seconded to close public comment on this item. Uh, staff, could you read the roll, please? Sure. Staff liaison, Catherine Wake. Shalinsky? Yes. Uh, Rankin? Aye. Herod? Aye. Gardner? Aye. Hill? Aye. And Clark? I think he's still lurking there somewhere, though. I don't see him on the screen. Aye. <laughs> there he is. And the motion carries. Okay. This is Chairperson Herod. Thank you. All right. So it's back to the board. I think this might be somewhat perfunctory because I bet you there might be a couple questions still posed to the applicant and staff before we're done. But I would say for my part, um, this is the best proposed use I've seen yet for this property. And I would just say, um, you know, I, I was a student at KU and I spent some formative time in this exact neighborhood. Um, you know, I would just, my opinion, even when I was a student here, no one would drive to the wheel to get food. This is not something you would do. And at the time, you know, I think Pyramid Pizza was in the wheel. And I think the wheel still maintains some sort of pizza option or something there to this day. You know, no one's saying, you know, the students know when not to be around this area in a car. Um, and I think Mr. Werner is correct that I think students actually have more and better options for getting in and out of these areas without using their own car these days. Um, so, you know, the landscape has changed a little bit. <clears throat> I don't see, you know, one of the things the code really looks at is intensity of use. Is the intensity of use of this going to change? Yes, I guess, kind of changing over from 12 bedrooms to one bedroom and then some sort of, um, you know, fast order food option. But I would also point out that I think there's going to be a net benefit. I think you are, I think you are going to see a reduction of parking associated with this property. Because once again, I don't think anybody's driving to this spot. That's just, I don't think that's how students work then. And I don't think they work now. They don't want to drive into a traffic mess. Um, and I think also, you know, at times when somebody might drive to be here, they're only going to be there for a while and then they're going to go for the majority of the day. While someone that lives here, their cars are here all the time, except for a small minority of the time. So 
on one, you know, on one pad of paper, you could say the intensity has increased, but on another pad of paper, you could say, you know, actually the intensity as far as parking goes is probably decreasing. Um, and once again, I would point out that's like, I mean, this is this corner that we're talking about sitting here on 14th street, 14th and Ohio. I'm not sure what you could do to make the usage of this area much more intense than it already is. It's almost sort of like a drop in the bucket. And I'm certainly very aware that, you know, the folks in the Oriad neighborhood, I think they would just, yeah, they would like to get some relief where they can get it. But I don't think that the property owner is just going to bulldoze this property. I just don't think that's going to happen. So we have to, you know, the applicant's trying to figure out something that they can do with this property. So with that said, I throw it back to the board. Would it behoove um, the board for staff to uh, give you a list of uses that would be approved in that particular location? If staff or if the board asks for it, yes. Okay, sure. This is board member Clark. I'd take that list. So this is stuff that is on Catherine Week, and I can give you kind of a list of a, uh, approved uses that would be in that MU uh, tertiary district or the tertiary area of that MU district where this property is located. Um, I will just start at the top here and give you a list. Give me just one second. So first and foremost, uh, the congregate residence is permitted by that special use permit, and they could be, uh, I should say from the get-go, Mr. Warner is correct that potentially any use that would be here would need some sort of variance request for parking. But there is a list of uses that I'm going to give to you that have a significant reduction in the parking requirements that would be required for the use. Okay. So as I said, the congregate residence is permitted by that SUP. If they were not expanding that, they could remodel um, and do that congregate residence and seek a variance for the existing parking that exists on the site. Also, group homes, assisted living homes are permitted on that site. Uh, professional office and administrative offices, uh, grooming and sales under the veterinary um, category, um, is also permitted. Personal convenience um, is also permitted. So some sort of commercial entity would be permitted on that site um, that has a lower parking uh, requirement. Um, there are also things that would have higher parking requirements such as participant sports and recreation, which I don't think uh, would be suitable here. Um, but again, there are options. It, it was stated that there is no option other than a single family dwelling. Um, that is not accurate. So staff wanted to make sure that that was clear. Also, um, there was a text amendment recently. Single family attached dwellings are not um, prohibited in the RM districts any longer. Um, they require site plans to do those, but they are permitted and not have to go through the SUP uh, process any longer for a single family home. So just clarifying some information that um, came out in multiple uh, forms just to let you know what you're uh, considering before you. So there are other, um, as I mentioned, financial and real estate offices are also permitted um, in this uh, zoning district. 
As I see, retail sales um, is also permitted. Um, specialty retail sales. So I think that covers the gist of the list. Um, and I'd be happy to answer any further questions if you have them about those uses that are permitted in the MU district. No, thank you. This is Board Member Clark right. recommending that we go for that assisted living. Mr. <laughs> Chairperson Herod, I was really kind of, I kind of latched onto the grooming. <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, that's, that's good context for this conversation. Thank you, Steph. Yeah, I, this is Chairperson Herod. I, you know, I heard a list that was full of square pegs is what I heard. All right. So did I. So this is staff liaison, Catherine Reek. I would just remind the board of your purview um, and that we do have an adopted code um, and your purview is um, under what codes are on the book. So just keep that in mind when you're proceeding with your discussion. Yeah, this, this is board member Clark and, and I, I know my historic position is just always kind of a, you know, I, I love this idea. I, this is the kind of city that I, I want to live in, but I understand that, you know, I don't get to make those decisions and I don't get to like change the code. My, my role is to interpret if it meets these five criteria and at, at this point in time, I'm, I'm still having a hard time and I, I want to see it succeed, but I feel like I don't have that authority right now. So board member Gardner, um, the square peg is created because the code has a flat per square foot of a dining facility. And what for the staff does the code address or uh, consider for driving versus walking? Staff liaison, Catherine Weeks. So that is a very valid question. And that is one of the things that the consultants will be discussing in the review of the land development code. Planning staff is very aware that our current code may not address all of the creative and current business types that are coming before us, particularly in the past two years from the COVID um, experience and how businesses have been able to adapt and are trying to adapt um, to keep their businesses open. Staff is aware of that. Um, and the consultants are taking those types of concerns and issues into consideration in the revision of that land development code. Those are definitely topics of discussion is how do we uh, encompass those types of uses that maybe don't quite fit into what our code has written as a use and what that use requires. How do those fluid uses uh, fit into our land development code? Um, so that is a valid question. I don't know if I have an answer for you um, other than that is something that is definitely being looked at with the revision of the land development code. Okay, so what I heard Catherine was we have square pegs. And to me, that's why we have 
a board of zoning appeals. Um, so I think we go to address the conditions and I certainly think it meets the unique condition um, just based on all of the things that we've already heard, square peg, round hole. Um, uh, the only property uh, on a corner with no uh, alley, uh, proximity to the campus. The fact that the city, city planning and the city council approved MU, but have a development code that doesn't allow development without a variance for almost everything that you mentioned, uh, unless the assisted living people never have any uh, relatives drive to visit them. Um, I find that it meets uh, the first one of uniqueness. We skip to the third because the city council and the planning uh, commission approved the M MU, it did create an unnecessary hardship for this property owner to try to develop something. Hence, we've seen them now for the fourth time. Um, if we go to number two, yeah, if I can get there. Granting the variance will not ask for ad adversely affect the rights of adjacent uh, property owners or residents. I think um, the response that the applicant gave relative to the two comments from the Orient neighborhood uh, fit. And certainly there are gonna be a lot of students that uh, will be very happy with the ability to get uh, real food um, next door to where they've imbibed probably more than they want to. Number four, um, desire, uh, the variance desired would not ad adversely affect the public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare. I think it's going to improve the uh, welfare because it's gonna provide food in an area that is not you know, loaded with food, and it's all walking distance for the students. And then finally, I believe it's not opposed to the general spirit and intent of the chapter. So I would, uh, unless there's more discussion, I'd move that we actually um, approve. You make the, your motion. Yes. I just want to jump in um, yes. and amplify on a couple points. This is Chairperson Herod. Um, back to uniqueness. This is the fourth. I mean, this is the fourth for real proposal that's been brought to us. You know, these haven't been just back of the napkin sort of things. Um, the applicant is trying very hard to find um, a use for this property and has run into a wall three times before. That doesn't that doesn't put any responsibility on us to let them through this time. I'm just pointing out that my experience on this board, I've never seen, I haven't seen anybody come through more than twice. Um, this is unique. 
you know, Catherine just diligently read through permitted uses for this property, none of which sounded realistic, all of which would result in a hardship to the applicant if they actually embrace them. Um, two, adversely affecting the right of adjacent property owners. Adjacent property owners? No, I know this, the intense, intensity of use of this corner, it's already, it's already one of the most intensely used corners in the entire Oread neighborhood. They, and what we're talking about, I think, at worst creates a net zero regarding parking, and I think actually might actually free up two, three or four spaces on the street. Um, given that residents won't be only one resident will be parking there now rather than 12 um, and people, you know, patronizing this establishment, they're going to be gone the majority of the time. Um, I think that I've already demonstrated the hardship prong as far as what we're talking about here. Four, I think I've already answered. I think if they start selling coffee out of this place in the morning, I think that would be, I would think that would be heartily received by the persons transiting this, this neighborhood up and down the hill, going to class. And then lastly, I just point out, you know, I can read the code too. And our code also says that our code is subservient to our comprehensive plan. And our comprehensive plan tells us infill development. That's the name of the game. And in fact, that review committee that's been referenced by staff is actually been formed to bring our code in line with the comprehensive plan. So the comprehensive plan is also a big dog in these conversations. The comprehensive plan says infill. And this is clearly infill development. I think it's a good concept knowing that there would never be a perfect concept other than just raising the property and not doing anything with it, not even using it as a parking lot, you know? Um, so for those reasons, I would be inclined to vote to approve the variance requested by the applicant. That's just where I am right now. This is board member Clark and I, both of those, both of board member Gardner's and board member Herod's arguments are, are compelling. I think the the one issue that I'm uh, or the requirement that I'm looking at is specifically like not by actions of the applicant and and the the compelling response that I've heard from both of you is that there's maybe a reciprocal um, inaction of on on the part of the city and that there's not a you know this was not part of the there's the mixed use plan or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, would that be fair to say, gentlemen? <laughs> Maybe not. Keep, okay. keep going, Nate. Keep going. You always make okay. good points. No, I, I just. I have I, I know people that are trying to develop. You know, similar type establishments on similar type corners. Um, you know, I specifically, I would look to the uh, 1900 Barker at the corner of 19th and Barker that once was a laundromat is now a bakery and the rigmarole that he went through and, and is also doing again at the corner of Louisiana and 19th at that bakery project. And so I have, I have a vested interest and in kind of, I don't want to make 
exceptions unless unless they meet these requirements. So that's that's a point well taken. All right, this is Chairperson Herod. Does anybody want to discuss further or make a motion? Uh, board member Rankin, I just want to ask the board and maybe the staff. So we we've always talked about or at first we talk about coffee shop, coffee shop in the spot. If we approve this, what what's allowed there beyond the coffee shop? This is board member Clark. They the variant goes with the land and not with the use. And so anything that's permitted within the zoning, the MU district is permittable there. So if we say one parking spot, they could put in a assisted care living facility. Well, I actually, I don't know. Catherine, is that correct? I thought it was with the land, but is it also with the use? So if you approve the zoning, or um, if, if you approve the variance request, it is not impacting the zoning. So the all of the uses that are still permitted in that zoning district would be permitted, but what you are granting would be the reduction for any of those uses that would want to go in there in the future would have a parking variance for a reduction down to one on that parcel. Board member Gardner, but if we um, made a condition that it was based on the food, fast food thing land, does that not limit it to the fast food option? Well, I'm not familiar with you being able to condition it like per request or per this request only. All variance requests are by state statute go with the land because it is assumed that the land has an issue created by zoning or platting that is rendering it a universal need on any use to only have whatever there it is that they're asking for. So that's why it's geared that way. I am not familiar with you being able to condition it on the particular use or request that's before you. Typically conditions are something like, this is a request that is in process with other applications that have been submitted concurrently and would require one application to be approved prior to uh, the variance or the variance is contingent upon the approval of a site plan or a minor subdivision. That's when conditions usually come up. I don't believe that they're per use because that would go against uh Zoning uses. Um, and this is Chairperson Herod. Yeah. I tend to agree with with Catherine on this, and I'm also cognizant. I remember, I think it might even come through again tonight. You know, where applicant came through and they wanted to put, you know, a roof, extend a porch a little bit, and put a roof over, and then they also wanted to extend something out in the parking lot, and we denied the parking lot portion, but gave them their roof out to the sidewalk. You know, so we can acts part of a request, but I'm not sure that we can attach um, conditions. Uh, board member Shalinsky. Yeah. Um, so in the uh, MU would uh, a bar or alcohol use be a permitted use? Let me pull that list up real quick. See if I still have it open. Sorry, I closed that window, so I'm reopening it. This is board member Clark. Does, 
everybody else, all I hear is Marvel Universe, right? Like we're discussing things about the MU. The MCU. The yeah. MCU. <laughs> so while I'm looking it up too, I just want to mention that I only, I only mentioned those uses that have a lower parking requirement than the one that's being asked for. A bar and lounge use would have a similar parking requirement, if not higher than um, the fast food uh, use, because it's also based on occupancy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pulling that up. So give me just a second here on the use table. It would be a special use in the secondary MU. So Luke's got it pulled up and, it, and that would be a special use permit um, that would be required in this secondary area of the MU district. Can I chime in here sometime, please? Yes. Uh, yeah, Mr. Werner, just wait one second. Uh, this is Chairperson Herod. I'm just going to clarify with staff because I think the question that, that Board Member Shalinsky has teed up is let's imagine that you know General Gardner and I, you know, motion and second this, you know, we want to uh, we want to approve this this variance. And so I think what Board Member Shalinsky is asking, well, could they just turn around and just stick a bar use in there? Is is that what's being asked and is that permissible? <laughs> It's only permissible by that special use permit and only in the secondary zone of the MU district. So it would not be permitted here. Okay. I believe Thank this you. is in the tertiary district. And then I promised, I promised uh, Mr. Werner, Mr. Werner. Yeah, I just want to chime in. I mean, the, the, the problem, a, a parking requirement, that's why they failed. You know, we failed a few other times. Um, the parking requirement is huge for a bar. Um, it's one third of the occupancy. That's why we were in, you know, we were into the hundreds of parking spaces down to, you know, one space. Um, and as Catherine kind of mentioned, I mean, to put a bar in here, a special use permit is a public hearing through the planning commission, through the city commission. I mean, if you were to grant this and for some reason, somebody wanted to try to have a bar with an occupancy of, you know, 28 people, um, they'd still have to go do a special use permit. And I think would be pretty hard justifying a public hearing on how how to get that done. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be the one doing it. So um, I go back to the, you know, um, the chairman for tonight, you know, the, the list that Catherine read off. I mean, I don't know what other uses on that list somebody would want to do. I don't want an office building right at that corner. I certainly wouldn't want, and and we designed very awesome assisted living facilities. I wouldn't put it at that corner. Um, so your point that we still have to site plan this even after we get through this body. Um, so I hope that helps, but this, this is, we see this as the project. And while the variance may go with the land, um, this is the project we want to build. Thank you. This is Chairperson Herod. What's the board want to do? Board Member Gardner uh, would like to move that we approve the variance request based on it meeting the five conditions. All right, Major General's made a motion to approve the variance. 
Is there a second for this motion? No takers. I'm looking around the Zoom captions. All right, if there's no takers for this motion. Aren't you allowed as the chairman to second a motion? The board, um, board member Clark will second that. There we go. Thank you, board member Clark. So it's been moved and seconded. And I didn't have to ask, I didn't have to answer Major General's question regarding Robert's rules. And I had an answer. So anyway, but we'll leave that for another night. So it's been moved and seconded to approve the variance. And I would ask, uh, I would ask staff to call the roll. Okay, staff liaison, Catherine Week. Uh, Shalinsky? No. Clark? Yes. Hill? No. Rankin? No. Herod? Yes. And Gardner? Yes. Okay, so it's a tie vote, three to three, which uh, according to the De Land Development Code is a failed, uh, it's in essence a denial. So. I don't know why we bother. Well, there we are. Um, all right, everybody, unless anybody wants to <laughs> make any further motions or anything like that, we will, we will move bravely on. No, I just, thanks to staff, thanks to the applicant, thanks to the board for like really wrestling through this, this, I mean, I guess the longer we wrestled, then the better we're doing our jobs or something, so. Um, I would point out the obvious, you know, we have six members tonight. Um, are we getting another member? I forget. Are we still so on? we're full. We are currently fully staffed. Oh, okay, um, okay. There's six, just yeah. one uh, board member that is out of town this evening. And that's so that's it. why they're not here. Yeah, that's where I was getting mixed up. Yeah. So. Oh, well, okay. So your your point is taken, though. Attendance is very important. <laughs> so your point is taken. Right. So next up on our agenda, miscellaneous. Do we have any miscellany? Uh, so we don't have any uh, miscellaneous items. I will let you know that we do have a potential, um, at least one uh, Board of Zoning Appeal uh, item and potentially one signed code Board of Appeal item for next month. And also, I will not be here next month. Um, Luke will be running the meeting. So be kind to him while I'm gone. <laughs> Don't give him a hard time. <laughs> you understand, Catherine. That's like, <laughs> I remember one time my mom wanted to talk to the coach of the seventh grade football team and ask if I, he could make sure I didn't get hit very hard at practice. Yeah. Which essentially would guarantee that I would get killed at practice. So I beg well, him not to do it. Don't tell Luke, but that might be why I said it. No, this, this does I'm feel just... a little bit like my mom asking the bully not to beat up. <laughs> okay. So with that, uh, with that caveat, I'll look forward to next month's meeting. So um, it looks like it's time for us to adjourn the Board of Zoning Appeals. 
Board Is Member Gardner, move to adjourn. Is there a second? Second. Okay, it's been moved and seconded to adjourn the Board of Zoning Appeals. Staff, will you please call the roll? Yes. Shalinsky? Shalinsky? Yes. There okay, go. I was assuming there was a yes, but I just want to make sure. Hill? Yes. Herod? Yes. Gardner? Yes. Rankin? Yes. Clark? Yes. Okay, meeting adjourned. Thank Hello, you. Everybody. Thanks, everybody.